1: This is so random, but I was thinking about how I want to add clips of music when the episodes start, because music is life to me. I listen to music daily. I think about music all the time. And I'm like, I got to look into it and find out if I'm going to have any issues with like copyright. If I have my editor add in like five seconds of music for every episode that comes out. Anyway, I hope you're doing well. Welcome to the podcast. This is the Brown Vegan Podcast. I'm Monique. I like to help everyday people eat more vegan foods or just eat plants overall. And also like to talk about vegan entrepreneurship and wellness on this show. Welcome to the podcast. This is episode 162. And yes, I hope you're having an amazing day. And I just appreciate you being here with me. In today's episode, I have another conversation for you. I have Janelle from from The Comfort of My Bowl and HowToBakeVegan.com. She has both of those websites. So in our conversation, we're going to talk about her vegan journey, you know, how she grew up as far as her relationship with food. You know, I love that, those details. How she actually decided to go vegan overnight, which I think is wild. (laughs) I know some people do it, but it's not for all. And in a way, I honestly don't even feel like it was overnight for her. There were like seeds planted around along the way. But she just made that decision overnight and just figured it out from there. Why is it important to veganize your favorite meals when you get started? That's like the key (laughs) way to get going. How to replace eggs and baking recipes. How Janelle used social media as accountability to show her vegan life. And then like the second half of the conversation, we're talking about the business of blogging and is blogging dead? Because sometimes people think it is. Spoiler alert, it is not dead. Blogging is even more important than it's ever been these days. We also chat about food photography tips for beginners, why she decided to start two blogs. okay? her workflow for both of those blogs and why she has some help behind the scenes to avoid burnout and to think, make things more efficient for her as she grows her blogging business. So of course, you can get all of the show notes and everything we mentioned in this episode at brownvegan.com. Be sure to follow Janelle on Instagram. Her main account is From The Comfort of My Bowl. But honestly, I want you guys to go check out her website and, and subscribe to her newsletter. She has FromTheComfortOfMyBowl.com Bowl.com and she also has howtobakevegan.com. I'll link both of those in the show notes and on the blog post at brownvegan.com so you can check it out. So uh, yes, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into the conversation.
2: I started out vegan about It's been around five, six years now. I I, I lost count. (laughs) But I just decided one day that I was really tired of eating chicken. I don't know. I'm I'm from a family that just eats a lot of chicken. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. one day I just got sick of it and I pretty much just went vegan, cold turkey. Pun intended, I guess.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Where did you grow up? You said you grew up in Jamaica, right? Yes, I grew up in Jamaica. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so you were eating the chicken and then all of a sudden you just decided to do it. It had to be something else that happened, come I think, on. <laughs> I
2: think I've always wanted to become vegetarian. I've always admired how, I had a friend once who was really good at, with making vegetarian food tastes really good. So I've always mm-hmm. admired people who could just, cause I love, I've always loved cooking. But when someone can take plant-based foods and turn it into something delicious, I don't know. I find that, I always found that impressive. And my dad is kind of the same way. He really likes cooking vegetarian or vegan type dishes. And he's not vegan, but he just likes to mix up his diet a little bit. So Mm -hmm. I always found it really intriguing (laughs) how they can make plant-based foods so flavorful. So I always thought I would have become, I would have become vegan eventually. And I also studied nutrition in college. So I think that kind of was my stepping stone into trying to eat healthier and trying more plant-based meals. One day I just decided to go vegan, cold turkey. So you have to tell us when you went
1: in your kitchen (laughs) after you made that decision, what was the first thing you did? Did you just throw everything out? Did you give the food away? What did you do?
2: Well, no, I lived with my, my parents at the time, so I just started cooking. I just started to I, I mean of course it was I, I didn't know what what I, what I was doing or what I was going to do, but what made it easier for me the transition was to just look at what I already liked. So, I mean, it's something that I always tell people when they ask me, "I don't know what to cook," like, "How do you go vegan?" and all, you know, the, those types of questions. Whenever I get that my answer is the easiest way to transition is to start with foods and flavors that you already like, you already enjoy, and try to make swaps, like a, a, make a dairy-free or a vegan swap and start from there. It, it, the process is a lot easier. So my favorite dish was, and still is, <laughs> is Jamaican stew peas. I don't know if you've ever tried it or heard of it.
1: Yes, I've heard of it, but I don't think I've ever tried. Tell us about it.
2: Yeah, it's made of kidney beans and coconut milk and Jamaican spices. And it's so good. So, so good. But usually meat is added to it. And I decided to just make it the same way I was taught by my family and just leave the meat out. And it was really good. So, yeah, I started from there, just making swaps with my favorite meals and It just made the transition a lot easier. Of course, there were ups and downs and learning what is vegan, what isn't vegan, and which foods had hidden vegan ingredients. (laughs) That was the trickier part, but it got better over time.
1: Yeah, that's such an important part. I always tell people the same thing. It's like, so it doesn't like shock your palate as much. Just think about what you already eat and make a vegan version, especially like you said, you know, food that you already grew up eating. So it just makes the most sense when you do it that way. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So what other, because I just love talking about the food. (laughs) So (laughs) what other things did you try that surprised you that was just as good? Were there anything like maybe ice cream? Because I know when I first went vegan, I was was thinking to myself, the ice cream has to be good. And I did come across a few brands that weren't necessarily the best. But now I find some really, really good ones. You know, years later, they've made so many improvements. So I'm like, okay, cool. Was there something that kind of made you feel that same way? Like, oh, my gosh, I have to find something that's similar or I don't know if I can do this long term.
2: I think the same thing for me was ice cream. My two favorite dairy products were ice cream and cheese. And it took me a long time to find a good swap for cheese. <laughs> it took me a while. <laughs> it just—I've tried the some of the brands, and they were never as good. But eventually, I started to try different recipes, like the cashew versions, and and it it, it worked out for me at the time, at least. But then I moved here to the U.S., and there's a ton. Tons more options, so that made it a lot easier. So I'm reliving my cheese. What do you call it? I'm enjoying cheese Your again. Cheese life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Do you mind telling us some of the ones that you like? My favorite brand right now is Violife. I kind of like that oh. one. It tastes pretty close, and it it melts similar to nice dairy cheese. So that's my favorite right now. I'm always looking out for other brands but for now that's the one that's in the store closest to me so that's the one I'm getting that is a good one i like that one too mm-hmm. yeah
1: so i know of course because your family like you said everybody was eating you know standard standard food as far as like well a lot of people eat like meat and you know vegetables and all of those things so what was the reaction like when you decided that you wanted to do this even though i know you say your dad's an amazing cook what did he say or other family members
2: I don't think my dad really mind he because, again, he really he eats different things. So he didn't mind. But yeah, some of my family members are like, oh, okay, you're going to become a Rasta now because we have Rastafarian (laughs) culture in Jamaica (laughs) that are known to be vegetarians. So most people, their first reaction is they're assuming I'm just changing my whole life and I'm going to become a Rastafarian (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm just changing my diet. <laughs> nice. But that's simply- well, that's good, though, because you didn't have as much pushback. So that's a good thing, right? <laughs> yeah, not that much. Not that much at all. That's good. So I know, of course, that you, I feel like, did
1: you start on Instagram first or your blog? Which came first?
2: Instagram. I didn't know of very many Jamaicans who were vegan at the time. I didn't. I didn't know anybody. None of my friends were. <laughs> so I just said, okay, I'm, I'm going to just share everything I eat. Maybe someone else might find it helpful. I don't know. Or I'm just doing it just to help my journey. Cause that's another way you kind of keep yourself or hold yourself accountable by just sharing what you eat and you look forward to making your next meal and sharing your next meal. So you keep up with the journey. So that mm-hmm. helped me a lot too.
1: Yeah. Your photo- I love your photography. I think your pictures look so always look so good. It's so inviting. I'm like, oh, I want to try that. Especially, I feel like lately you've been doing this thing where you take the spoon and you're like scooping out something. I'm like, oh, she's oh, really yeah. teasing.
2: Like <laughs> I think I did that one out of sheer boredom. I started doing it and then <laughs> I realized that I got, I started getting responses, good responses and good feedback on that. So I started doing more of it. I didn't even realize anyone was watching 'Cause I started doing this many years ago. Well, not many, but I'd say three years ago, which feels like a long time because of the pandemic, but I know, right? Yeah. But three or four years ago, I was living overseas. So in Japan and there's almost nothing vegan in Japan. It's very hard to eat out in Japan and I just had to cook even more. I just had to I had to make every single meal, breakfast, lunch, dinner every day. And wow. so I started to share more of what I was eating cuz again, I feel like okay, maybe there are vegans here who might find it helpful, especially with finding certain ingredients like ingredients that you're used to from back home. So I started to share that and share all these little short clips of me just digging into them and people started to respond well to them. I didn't, I, I, it, honestly, I didn't expect it to really become anything, but yeah, people really enjoyed. it. And this is way before we had reels and TikTok and all that.
1: <laughs> yeah. You were just sharing for fun. Yeah. just for And people. like I said, they inspire other people. Yeah. Since, okay. You've been a vegan since what? About 2000, what? I think. That's what I was going to say. I think I saw 15. Yeah, 2015. Because you're like kind of like the OG. So you're seeing like a lot of the things. Seriously, though, because I always say people because I've been vegan since like 2010. So people from like, yeah, so 2010 on to like 2000, I feel like 16, 17. I feel Mm -hmm. like we're kind of like the OGs in this thing. And the reason I say that is because we really saw the transition, like you yeah. we went from going places and it was nothing to eat, like right? you said, your experience in Japan, to like having so many options all over the place. So, like, how was it when you first went vegan? I know you said, of course, in Japan you didn't have many options, but did you run into that as well in other parts of the world?
2: I think when I started to travel as a vegan, I started to look for places that had options. <laughs> I just started to look yeah. for t- countries or places that had options. So I wouldn't feel or I wouldn't go hungry or starve while I'm on my trip. (laughs) So that made Mm -hmm. it a little easier. So one of my biggest trips that I really wanted to, one of my big bucket list trips was to Southeast Asia, where they have a lot of plant-based options in their normal diet. Of course, they are not completely vegan, but they have a lot of plant-based or vegetarian, vegan options in their diet. So traveling to those countries weren't as difficult. So it traveling to those countries weren't as difficult, which made pretty much made it easier, I guess, <laughs> finding meals. Yeah,
0: because
1: you did all like your research ahead of time. So yeah. you kind of knew what to Yeah, that makes a huge difference. Yeah. So... We kind of talked about, of course, Instagram and your photography and all of that. I want to talk about blogging. And the reason why is because I feel like when I first started following you, of course, I feel like you were on Instagram a lot. And these days, I don't really feel like I see you. You're like on your blog and in your newsletter now. So what made you decide to make that shift? Or am I wrong? Am I just, am I wrong? You're mostly. Oh, you're definitely still right. <laughs> okay. You gotta tell me. Okay. What made you do that transition for, to do more blog? And the reason I want to know this, Janelle, is because a lot of times people say, oh, you know, blogging is dead. And I do not believe that blogging no, is dead. I think that, all. I feel like there's like a resurgence. You know, I feel like people want blog posts and they want that long format because they right? want that more. Yeah. intimacy these days because, you know, Instagram and TikTok and all of those platforms seem so
2: loud, you know? So I think that blogs feel really cozy. Huh? I didn't hear you. Sorry. It's quick. It's loud and it's quick. It's like you can't get, yeah. much, you can't capture a lot of the information. You can't capture as much information in such a short time frame. <laughs> I started blogging before all of this, of course, before all the TikTok and the reels generation pretty much but I was doing a lot of Instagram because I also started out insta on Instagram before I had the blog but then I did realize that a lot of due to a lot of the changes I'm sure we all know a lot of the changes that happened on the platform some of my posts weren't getting as many as much attention as you know used to so but I did realize that my blog was getting more attention over time. So I started to shift my focus to my blog and it made more sense from a business standpoint. Not that I think that social media isn't great. Of course, it still works for many. It just at the time wasn't working for me and the blog was working a lot for me. So that's why I made that transition and just focused on the blog.
1: Yeah, you do the thing. You do the things that make the most sense, and I feel like right. Instagram could be such a time suck because you go on and you put your yes. content out, and then before you know it, you're like looking at everybody else, and then it's like four hours later. <laughs> it's <so> amazing. <easy. laughs> right? So that's why I completely relate to this. Like, I feel like I was having the same issue with Instagram. Now, granted, I wasn't necessarily posting, you know, super consistently, so the algorithm didn't love me anyway. Right? <laughs> However. <laughs> I felt more energized doing the podcast. I felt like this was working for me the most. And, yeah. and as far as business, it was doing the best, too. So I was just like, yeah, I mean, it's like a no brainer. But did you have like any feelings of like, may, am I making the right decision? Because I know that you haven't left Instagram completely. Right. But do you have those yeah. moments sometimes where you're like, well, maybe I should put a little bit more effort into it? Or do you feel really clear about your decision?
2: I think it's been lately. Last month. We're in March now. Yeah, so I can say last yeah, month. Yeah, right. <laughs> that <February>. was fast. <laughs> <laughs> right? Very fast. But <laughs> yeah, in February, I decided to actually jump on the whole Reels bandwagon because <laughs> everyone is uh-huh. saying, oh, it's working for them. And I don't know, I think I tried maybe one Reels sometime last year and it... Did okay, but I decided to give it a go again. And so far, I don't have very many reels right now, but so far, they're getting some attention, but it's still not as much as the blog. So I'm still kind of testing it out in, at the moment. Yeah.
1: And then I also feel like it's not because it's so fast and, you know, the way the Instagram moves that. Mm-hmm. The beauty of a blog is that it's evergreen content. You know, you'll right. always be there. Somebody will find you a year later with Instagram. What do they say? Those reels last, what, 48 hours? <laughs> All of that work you
2: did? I have no idea.
1: <laughs> it's very short. So I definitely understand that. One of my listeners, Jay, I'm sure he's listening right now because he's a really big supporter and I really appreciate him. He always tells me that I need to be blogging more. <laughs> so I'm saying this to you because it's like I'm trying to convince myself. Exactly. So out of all of the platforms, is blogging your favorite?
2: Yeah, I definitely. I love blogging. I love diving into the post, diving into the meal, like talking about why I choose these ingredients and how how you can make the dish better. I mean, I think there's just so much more people can get out of blogging that you can't get out of. A short video clip. Yeah, it looks exciting, it looks delicious, it looks tasty in a five-second clip. But when you get in the kitchen, (laughs) you can make mistakes (laughs) because you're Mm -hmm. not getting that full in-depth information that you can get from a blog post. As far as
1: food photography, oh my God, I love your pictures. I love it because they're just so crisp and I just like I said, your food just looks so inviting. You got to share, like, what are some tips that you use to make sure that you get the shots?
2: Oh, man. I wish I could tell you all my secrets, money. but I haven't <laughs> I'm just, I'm st- everything I'm still learning right now. I just got my, I just got a DSLR camera, like, early last or late last year, sometime in October, November. So I'm very new to, like, professional <gasps> style photography. What? I am not there. <laughs> At least I don't think I'm wait, I- wait, wait. And on your baking page, you're
1: taking all those pictures, though, right? Yeah. And that's um, <laughs> that looks
2: amateur to me. <laughs> what are you comparing this to? <laughs> a lot of those photos, a lot of my early Instagram photos and vlog photos were taken with you know those little point and shoot cameras that you take on a trip. Uh-huh. <laughs> like that's what I've been using the whole time. So, uh-huh. I it's hard to it's hard to. See to call myself a professional (laughs) because i feel like i'm still learning still learning a whole lot but i get a lot of tips and ideas and tutorials from youtube i also like to look at other bloggers that i like like i look at their style if i like their style i try to see okay maybe i can place this cup here as well or maybe i can turn my spoon this direction and not exactly trying to copy their style, but ju- just trying to figure out what what my style is because I don't know what my style is. I just play around with different styles that I see other bloggers try and do that. But so far, I'm just I've, I've just been teaching myself how to take better pictures. Are you using it all a
1: natural light? Because your pictures definitely look like that.
2: Yeah, in the earlier days. Most of it is natural light. Yes. I I think it's just since recently when I've got the camera late last year in October, November, I also got some lights. So I'm very new to artificial light as well. So majority of the blog posts are more than likely are, sorry, natural light.
1: Nice. Nice. I think that's like the best anyway, right? It is. (laughs) It is. Thing is, it's kind of like you have to plan, of course, around that. Exactly. So how has that been for you? Has that been like a challenge or are you kind of got your little workflow down at this point?
2: It has been because back in Jamaica, yeah, we do have a lot of sun, but I used to shoot a lot of the photos in my living room and we have a giant tree, a giant mango tree at the front of our house. <laughs> so that would basically provide a lot of shade so I didn't get as much sunshine throughout the day so it started Mm -hmm. to become a little challenging to take photos throughout the day yeah I got a little frustrated I think around that time I started to take a break too because it's like I can't get my photos right (laughs) and it's yeah it got a little tricky but since moving here I started to take photography a little more seriously and get some lights and it's been working out much better it's a lot more convenient i miss the natural light but the artificial light does allow me to work any time of the day including in the middle of the night if i want to keep if i have a project that i feel like i need to finish today before i move on to anything else having that artificial light does help get my work done much easier or more efficiently
1: yeah definitely So when it comes to your workflow, like what type of schedule are you working for? So now, of course, that we know that the blog is working for you. Do you have like a set schedule as far as when you put new content
2: out? Like what's your process? Usually I prefer to work in batches. It makes it a lot easier for me. I don't know. (laughs) I started to do the whole two posts a week. So make two recipes, edit the photos, publish, write everything in, in a week, in the same week. But I realized it didn't exactly work out as well. I don't know. It, it started to become too much. <laughs> but I found that it's easier if I just batch the task. So I would work on strictly recipe writing for a few days, recipe testing for another few days, editing, and then uploading. I actually have a few writers now, so they help me nice. with, like getting the writing task done. I mean, of course I provide them with the recipe and the tips and the details and they just put it together in a nice article and I publish and it makes my life a lot easier.
1: Yeah, that's amazing because it really does cut down because I know for me, one of the reasons I don't want to do more blogging is because I don't really feel like I'm the best writer, even though I have so many ideas. Mm -hmm. I feel like (laughs) when it comes to putting it right, when it comes to putting it on paper, I'm like, I don't feel like I'm articulating myself the right way. So I think that that's amazing to have the editor. So you said it's a couple of people that are helping you or how does that
2: like, how did you even find them? I use platforms like Upwork or Fiverr or Nice. There are some Facebook groups too that where you can get virtual assistants as well. And they can, a few of them are also writers. So I use mostly those platforms to get some help.
1: (laughs) Nice. That's really, this is really, really smart. And so as far as SEO, are you like, how do you feel about SEO as far as making sure? That, you know, all of the effort that you're putting into the writing and the photography and, you know, paying people to help you is paying off. Do you like spend a lot of time on SEO? Because that's something that I really need to learn, too, because it's been so long since I've been a consistent blogger.
2: Yeah, I definitely spend a whole lot of time with SEO. I think that makes the most difference when it comes to getting your posts seen, I guess, on Google of course, in the beginning, I had no clue what I was doing, but once I started to learn more about SEO and apply a few of those recommended tips and tricks, <laughs> it I started to see more results in terms of ranking and search, getting search queries through Google. So SEO is a big part of the whole publishing steps on the blog. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so before you go to publish, are you usually do you uh, I guess before you even start writing, are you doing like researching keywords and things like that?
2: I don't do as much keyword research. Well, at least not with the major tools that people talk about, but I just go to Google, I type in something that I want to make and I just look at the front page and see look at the Ooh. results and see what is here. What can I Is there anything I can do different? Is are there any variations of this recipe that is, doesn't exist in Google search results, can I write something different? I know people use a lot of the common keyword or SEO tools, but they can they can add up real quick. A lot of them are pretty expensive. So mm-hmm. I'd probably do maybe a trial for a bit, get what I need, and then try figure out. it out <laughs> on my own. But I don't blame it to the yearly plan or the $100 a month plan cuz that's i can do a lot with $100 in my kitchen so <laughs> yeah I can't, I can't do that with a seo tool so i mostly just use search results i also get good results or good ideas from facebook groups and forums and even sometimes just from my readers i, I get questions asking for a variation of one of my recipes and i think oh okay this could be a, another blog idea So Mm -hmm. that's pretty much where I get most of my ideas from.
1: I was doing some research on this last year and I was like, oh my God, if I have to take all of these steps, I will never write a blog post, but I love this because this is kind of like the old school, you know, organic content, you know, ways to find content and to implement that. So I really like this a lot, actually. I'm stealing it. Thank you. (laughs) So, okay. You went from not being on Instagram to focusing more on your main blog, and then you started a baking blog, right? Yes. So why did you decide to have two blogs opposed to putting the baking
2: on the main blog? Doing baking, I feel like there's just a lot more. It, I, f- I find it a little different from what I do on my main blog. And I really wanted, also the audience is different. The audience is mm-hmm. very different. I find that people who are into a lot of the dinner ideas, savory foods, a lot of them do not like baking. <laughs> so it's just made it just made more sense for me as well as it helps with search results when I have a dedicated blog or website that is all about sweets, baking. I get a lot more I get better what's the word? More targeted, a more targeted audience that way. Than if I were to do everything in one space. I mean, it works for some, but for me, I find that the the more niche down blog grows a lot faster than if I were to do all the topics on one platform. Mm. that is so true about
1: making it more focused and yes people who are looking for bowls or quick dinners are not like you said they're not worried about baking because they just want to get dinner on the table that exactly. night they don't probably even enjoy cooking the same way exactly. it's just like I don't <laughs> right? so yeah this makes plenty of sense so okay is your workflow the same then do you focus on the same as far as your batch process is it the same for your bakery your baking blog how does that look for you
2: yes the process is pretty much the same as with this, the first blog. It just works out a lot easier. Before I had the baking blog, I actually had a home bakery back in Jamaica. So oh, wow. I was so used to that process of just making items in batch that <laughs> I found that with the blog, it works just the same. So that I kept the same kind of routine with the baking blog as I did with the first blog.
1: You have to share some tips on like things that people may not think about when it comes to vegan baking that they probably should think about. Because I know when I first went vegan back then, we didn't even have like as many replacements for eggs. And you know how (laughs) that's such an important part for, you know, I guess, conventional cooking. So that's not vegan. So what tips do you have is some things that, you know, general tips that people should think about when they start to do vegan baking, when they start practicing on that.
2: Okay, that's a pretty good question, actually. Nice. Okay. (laughs) Really good question. (laughs) But if you decide to start, if you're new to vegan baking, one of the most common questions that I see, whether people asking me or I see on other platforms or forums, is that they want to know how they can modify a certain recipe, like their mother's favorite chocolate cake (laughs) or their mother's best chocolate cake. They want to know how they can make that vegan but i feel like to make it easier find someone or a platform or a blog who has already made a vegan chocolate cake and try that recipe why cuz you can guarantee that it has been tested well most of the times you can <laughs> you can guarantee <laughs> it's been tested and but if you try to modify a recipe on your own even if you decide to use an egg substitute not all egg substitutes work the same way and you may end Mm -hmm. up with basically a mess. So I feel like if you're going to try vegan baking or you're, you're just getting into it, start with a dedicated vegan baking blog or your favorite vegan blogger who has baking recipes.
1: I agree. Yes. It's not the same. Like sometimes I'll see those little charts. They'll say, you know, these are egg replacements if you want to bake. And then I'll see like banana and I'll see applesauce. And I'll be thinking that does not apply to everything though. Like it's so broad. So
2: yeah, you're absolutely right. I love that. (laughs) And it varies so much. Like one egg, one egg substitute that will work for a type of dessert will not work for the others. They're not all interchangeable.
1: Have you tried Just Egg? Because I know when they first came out, they made it seem like they weren't for baking. At least that's the impression I got. And now I feel like
2: a lot of people are using it in baking. Have you tried them as a replacement yet? I haven't tried it as yet because I'm still new to a lot of the American type vegan products. (laughs) and still learning. I haven't tried it as yet, but I really want to because, I mean, I don't mind trying different swaps because people ask. I get asked all the time, can I use... Black seeds, can I use just egg? So I would like to educate myself as much as I can so I can educate others on what they can try for try in different vegan recipes.
1: Yeah. So before we wrap up, you have to tell me what is your favorite dessert right now?
2: Oh my favorite dessert. Okay. And also
1: which blog are you enjoying the most? <laughs> okay.
2: That's a good one. I like that one. <laughs> All right. So my my favorite dessert, my favorite dessert right now. That I'm enjoying are cookies. I've been making a lot of cookies lately and I would say Snickerdoodles because I've never, I've actually never had a Snickerdoodle. <laughs> is that weird? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I've never <laughs> actually
2: had one of those. So I started to test, I've been testing out Snickerdoodle recipes and oh my gosh, it's so good. A nice spiced cinnamon cookie. And uh, yeah, it's been my favorite right now. I've been eating a lot of that the past week. But since I started the blog, I also have been making a lot of pies, like Southern pies, because I moved to the South. So I started to try a lot of Southern style recipes and pies have been my favorite. (laughs) So, yeah. okay. So what about which blog are you enjoying the most? Right now, I have to say it's it's the baking blog. That's just... Because it's more new and fun. It's just (laughs) just new, it's fun, it's exciting. And it's something that I've always enjoyed doing, baking in general. Because as I mentioned previously, I had a baking business, but then I had to close it down. And I kind of miss that. I miss testing different recipes, trying different recipes, sharing different recipes or different desserts. And I started the baking blog as sort of a replacement to that. And I've been enjoying it a whole lot. So... Yeah, that's been that's what I'm focusing a lot on now. I'm still working on the Savory blog, but baking, it's new, it's fresh and it's really something I'm enjoying right now. Love it. So go ahead and plug both of the blogs and
1: send us wherever else you would like us to go.
2: Okay, so you can find me on Instagram at from the comfort of my bowl for the savory side or how to bake vegan for the sweet side. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I'm, I also have a website for both from the comfort of my or how to bake vegan.com. How in the
1: heck did you get that domain? That is a great domain. I vegan.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, that just sounds SEO friendly itself. Like that's dope. Yeah. I love that.
2: Yeah, it's just <laughs> We were just, my, my husband and I were just brainstorming ideas and, He just said, what about how to bake, how to go, how to bake vegan? And I was like, oh, that is actually good. Let me check. Mm. And it was there. I was like, wow. Ooh, that's nice. nice." Yes, right. (laughs) Well, I really enjoyed
1: our conversation. Thank you so, so much for being on the podcast. Thank you very much, Monique. It's been fun. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the show. If you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts to make it easy for others to find us. Also, tell a friend. Be sure to share the episode on your Instagram stories and tag Brown Vegan. Thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you next week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day.